0: Speaking of Reliability, a podcast with good friends talking with you about reliability engineering topics. Welcome to Speaking of Reliability. This is Fred Schenkelberg.
1: And this is Carl Carlson.
0: Hey, Carl, you know... Last week, I was, I was talking to uh, Chris Jackson, and it was about a listener's question about sample size. And I don't know, I, I'm quite sure that you've gotten the, that question a bazillion times. How many samples do I need? And, yes. and so Chris came up with this really cool analogy. He says, you know, if you if you ask me how, how much fuel do I need for my car, um, people naturally will ask and respond with, well... where you're going, you know, how much and what's your gas mileage and maybe a handful of other things, you know, and do you need to, if there's no gas stations where you're going, do you need to haul fuel, you know, it really is dependent on where you're going. And I think I even phrased, I I sub-quoted you quoting uh, Covey is, you know, you got to keep the end in mind. You got to know where you're going, (laughs) kind of thing. Absolutely. Every uh, step. But it's, it's one of the things that, you know, we talked about in, in, in the chapter in the book that talks about vision, but that's not the same as setting a reliability goal. You know, we want this product to last for five years under these conditions, blah, blah, blah. That's a goal or an objective or a specification, something like that. But I don't think that's what we talked about in that chapter. It was more akin to, well, where are you going? Are you doing a cross country trip here? Or are you going to the store?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I remember thinking about this years ago. Um, and and for listeners, Fred's referring to Chapter 5 of our new book, which is Develop a Reliability Strategic Vision. And I remember years ago thinking about this subject because the we had goals in, um, in General Motors for reliability. This is back in the um, 1980s, mm-hmm. um, late 80s. And it was a stated goal. It's essentially a number. And I remember thinking, that's not enough because the number doesn't describe all the information. For, for example, we know the definition of reliability has four elements. You have a probability statement of some kind, and but you also have the intended life, you have the time element, you have the conditions of use, and all of that's part of it. And in our chapter, we have even more than that. In other words, it isn't just a reliability requirement. Right. Uh, with its four elements, it's more than that. It, it's, it's, it answers the questions like you mentioned about uh, how much gas do you need, and and you have to have that vision of in in a full uh, 365 degrees, um, 360 degrees uh, <laughs> of. <laughs> of uh, information uh, in order to really know where you're going. So, yeah, there's a lot to this uh, subject of reliability, strategic vision. And the word strategy, strategic, was part of it because we want to know uh, not just the reliability vision, the reliability number vision or requirement vision, but from a strategy standpoint, that includes business and are you developing a new uh, reliability department, do you want to have a bunch of reliability engineers? Do you want to, uh, do you want to be larger that or better in reliability than your competition? Where do you want to go in th- one year, three year, five years is all part of it. Yeah. Uh, now I, at first when we, you know, we, I, I think
0: we're building the steps in the, that we outline in the book on, on, a, on a, Structure that you'd put together some time prior, and and the first part was the vision, and I balked at that a bit because i I have seen way too many corporate missions and vision <sighs> statements, and you know, yeah. as a good excuse to go to the Bahamas for a week or so, and and they're just a plaque on the wall. And nobody knows what they are, what they mean, or they're they're generic enough that it, the one at HP could have applied to to NASA. I mean, it just really wasn't helpful. But it's uh, as we developed it and you you defined more of what this is, I don't know that it's the right word, but it it defines what I think we're talking about in the book is that it's the big and uh, not the big picture, but it's the how does reliability as a f- feature of your product set and your customer service and your shipping and your treatment of supply chain partners and the whole life cycle and all the interactions that your products and services have, do you want to be best in class? Do you want to be average and not stand out as bad or good? Or do you want to be absolute lowest cost and reliability, you know, is not a part of what you want to feature on your product. How does it fit versus other priorities?
1: Yeah, exactly. The, the, in fact, this, this comes about from our, I mean, it's, it's demonstrated in our um, bicycle examples because you have one um, bicycle like the pro series and it has its own strategic vision of where it wants to go because you're talking about road racing teams And so long-term reliability considerations are going to be different than one of the other series, like the Enthusiast series, which is the typical ride for fun, recreation, fitness, you know, that kind of thing. And those are going to have different reliability considerations. But there's different trade-offs in
0: that market, not just, you know, in, in the product itself. If I want to speed, you know, at the top end Pro Series, I want the lightest possible bike with the most ability to transfer power from the rider to the, to the ground. And it has to last the race. It It's, you know, a month in, in France, yeah. that's as long as it needs to last. And they even don't balk too much if they have to jump off the bike and get on a second one, because they carry two or three extras <laughs>
1: in a car behind it's them. So important to know the overall vision, to use that word of, of what your usage is, And whereas the intro series, for example, uh, that's the lower cost. And so the trade-off like you talked about that's what made me think of it so you're gonna have a cost trade-off there you're not going to have a very expensive intro series so you got to be low in in terms of cost you still want it to be reliable but maybe not as reliable as the pro series right and in terms of how it, what the expectations are from customers yeah
0: and, and so each one each division as we kind of call them or, or series of models took into different considerations that created a different vision statement now part of it was it's not the reliability person's, you know, if you're putting together a plan or you're the one tapped to, Oh, you know, Fred, you're the reliability guy. Now um, it's not your job to write that vision. And you, you might, because if nobody else knows what it is, you, I, I, you know, I advocate just state something and write it down and send it around and see how it flies. And maybe it'll become adopted, or it might be stating the obvious depending on the culture of your organization. Uh, but sometimes you need to go talk to people and your senior management and saying, all right, I know you're talking about costs and you're talking about feature sets and delivery times and, and quality of the product and, and all these other issues that are in a strategic bowl here that you were trying to push products through where's reliability and durability and all these things fit into it. And that doesn't have to be a long conversation, but it's one to get it a very clear statement that makes sense to the rest of the organization it goes back to your 365 circle thing you know i, I didn't like to let you go with that one. <laughs>
1: <Very good. laughs> Oh, you know the and there's so much to this subject let's let me start out by reiterating what you said at the beginning here's what it's not it's not a mission statement and so we want to be really clear to our listeners that when you do this first step of the six-step process and talk about reliability, strategic vision, we're not looking for something to put on the wall. We're looking for something that infuses your, your path so you know where you're going. And it, it, and, it, and then we have to know what we're up against because a lot of companies have a really good vision of what they want to be for quality. Uh, which might be the shorter term and we want to get out the gate without a lot of problems or we want to do this or that Mm -hmm. and uh, defects, etc. And they may not have thought about the longer term uh, in a lot of. so, So that's part of the discussion. And then a lot of companies focus on warranty because they're very cost based. And of course, you have to be aware of warranty. But warranty is only part of the picture because you may want your product to last well beyond what the warranty is. And so we have to really surface all these different uh, topics. I can't tell you how many times I've been times I've been to a company, and I say, "How long do you want your product to last?" Well, the warranty is, you know, yeah. and then they go into this cost thing. Yeah. Well, well, what about your reputation when the product fails outside of warranty?
0: Yeah, or even fails initially out of the box. That's still a warranty yeah. hit, but it's way more expensive uh, than yeah. just to replace the product. What the, when you're listing these different you know, approaches, I'm thinking of solar panels. There's Mm -hmm. There's a large initial investment to install a solar system. And the design intent is that it doesn't really pay for itself unless it operates, has its function for quite a while. It has to actually work without a lot of maintenance or repairs or service or anything for a long time. And the hard part is, is that it's a very long time for some of these systems and parts of their equipment and so on. So it's their vision is, this is tied to the cost equation for a customer to actually pick it up. It has to be trusted to last a long time. And that's more akin to a vision statement is that the reliability is vital f- for our products because it has to have enough trust in that system for people to, make the purchase decision as opposed to an inkjet printer, the printer itself, the customer, they're not terribly expensive. They're almost the price of a a package of ink for an inkjet printer these days. They're probably less, right? right? So it's, it's a hassle to go buy a new printer and it's kind of wasteful for the materials to go into the trash. Uh, But it's not a major investment like a solar panel thing. But the vision for the printers, um, and I'm going to paraphrase what I would think it would be way back when, was it has to last long enough that the person is happy with it that they buy more ink. Uh, And if it lasts for five years and they buy three rounds of ink for the thing, then that's our profit. That's where we make money as a company. And the quality of it is what keeps you buying that brand. And so it was a combination of, it has to last long enough for people to buy more ink And two, the way to do that is because it has really good quality and maintains it over time. That's more akin to a strategic vision statement than 98% reliable over five years, blah, blah, blah.
1: No, they're very, very good. And those, it's a discussion. I remember, uh, uh, early in my consulting career, like when I left GM and went consulting, and now we're talking over 20 years ago, um, the when I did the reliability consulting that would uh, lead towards a reliability plan, it I knew the first thing I had to do, I just knew this, is to talk to management and see where, where do they see this company going? How mm-hmm. important is reliability? I didn't want to ask them that question to get some canned answer. I just I wanted to get a sense from them as to how important this is. And then I talked to the employees and, and see what their view is. And that was my immersion in the subject of, uh, of reliability strategic vision is to see what is where are they headed. And it may not be very good. And, yeah. and frankly, I've even used some if there's a deficit in the vision, I like to get it solved and get the company focused on that. But it can also be a gap. In other words, if they have no vision at all, that's a, that's a gap. Well, sometimes there's a, um, a
0: communication error, uh, or one group. And I know I've talked about these guys before is they, their reporting to senior management was just the repair costs of their systems. It was just the parts cost of their systems, not even Mm -hmm. the labor or shipping or any of the other stuff or brand or anything. And, the repair center was overrun in products. and But when I brought it up in the the wrap-up meeting and the general manager was there, and he was like, why am I here? What's this about? And, it's, and I said, it's about you spending $3 million a quarter on failed products and not understanding that that actually is happening. Oh, and he looked at the CFO and said, you know we only spend $50,000 a quarter on this. And I said, that's only the cost of the screws you're putting into the system to hold it together. (laughs) And you give two brand new units to every customer that buys one. That's why your manufacturing is so busy. It's not because of sales, it's because your product sucks. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah. You know? <laughs> did you use that word? <laughs> I did. I oh, did.
0: <laughs> the rest of the group was just looking at me at gas, and I says, look, dude, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and he stopped and said, well, and it was a, a, a medical device used in emergency rooms. So, well, it, well, does this harm patients? I said, you have a technicality because your products only used after a person is technically dead. It's a life sustaining until they can revive somebody. And so the FDA doesn't count it as causing harm to somebody that's already passed away. And, but otherwise, because the, and, and I said, do you realize that the only time your product fails when it's actually functioning with a patient and then the emergency room people have to scramble to go to the plan B or the second stuff. And many times they just skip your product and put it in the corner and do something else. And he goes, hmm, but customers always complain. And so not only a lack of vision for reliability of their product, but a a structured system that just blinded the senior staff to what was going on. And that was beyond not having a plan, a vision. That was just having yeah. blinders on. Yeah. And,
1: and I want to bring up, um, reputation and it, and it's a, it's a small word with, with a big concept. you mm-hmm. know I'll go back as an example, Toyota years ago, and then, I'm sure it's still true today but Toyota I'm thinking in the um, late 80s early 90s mm-hmm. was building a reputation for a product that lasts yeah and and then comparative and I you can compare it to some of the domestic automotive did not have that reputation and that reputation was worth a lot it was worth a lot in terms of future sales the, the word of mouth of people saying, Oh, the well, cost of sale, the, just the how much advertising and,
0: and promotion to get your next new customer was 10x for Ford than yeah. it was for Toyota.
1: Yeah. And when you have, and, and this is why it's so important to understand cost from a life cycle basis rather than from a silo basis. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because if you're looking at only at warranty, you're looking only at um, the launch cost, or, uh, then you're missing the picture. Because how do, what does reputation, how does that translate into future sales? You might not be looking at that, at the savings on marketing and the loss of sales and the loss of business. And so you really need to look at the overall life cycle costing to bring that in because reputation is so important. And I often don't see reputation as part of the strategic vision for reliability. Yeah. In other words, they don't really aim for that, they aim for something else. Well, it was one of my early on
0: challenges as a consultant while I, while I was still at HP. One of the divisions said, "Hey, we and it was early in the laptop market coming around, right? And there was new updates and changes to batteries and changes to screens and all kinds of stuff on laptops moving very fast. And their senior staff called me in and said, "We want to be number one in that brand for Identity as a reliable product. We we want to leverage the idea of being like a laser printer or the calculators. Is that they they sh- they just work? And the question was, is well, how much better do we need to be than the competition to gain that reputation? And that's a tough question. And I like, hmm, yeah, and for how long? <laughs> and for how long? Yeah, and so <laughs> we we ended up talking about you know, well, one, you got to be stop being the worst. <laughs> which you are now. (laughs) That was the easy part. Stop (laughs) Stop doing what you're doing now because it's not working. Um, And started that, but that became the rallying cry for the organization. It was a touchstone for many decisions over many different design cycles of their product that eventually improved it quite a bit. Uh, And I never followed up to find out whether they achieved their, their stated vision or not, but it was a, a good place to be with an organization that says, well, how how do we really focus on gaining that reputation?
1: And I says, well, it's not advertising. (laughs) No, it isn't. It's got to be actually product performance. (laughs) Once you have it, I remember a book years ago, and I'm trying to think of the name, I think it was Jack Trout was the author called Positioning the Battle for Your Mind. And I, I believe it goes into the 1980s. That, that was came out. But the whole concept of positioning and marketing mm-hmm. is you get a name like Xerox and it suddenly becomes, you know, let's go Xerox this, yep. this uh, document or you get, you know, Kleenex. I need some Kleenex um, and on and on you get when a product can gain the position in someone's mind, then it then it's it, that's a really powerful place to be and reliability can be like that. Mm-hmm. It takes a long time it takes persistence to get it but you can lose it and it's very hard to get it back once you lose it um, but but so that subject of reputation is so important and as a uh, both from a cost standpoint as well as from a marketing standpoint and needs to be part of that uh, strategic vision. another one I was thinking of is safety yep. um, the we don't often talk about it it's not really stated, In the definition of reliability, I'm not often. We do talk about it, yeah. Uh, But even though it may be a small percentage, a safety problem can be a huge issue, both cost, reputation, and uh, marketing for a company. And and to me, that has to be part of the vision as well. Like how deeply do you want to? What do you want to do to make sure you don't have a, a battery? You know, the explosion fire, or yeah. what have you. Yeah. Um,
0: well, part of it is this. I think, I mean, the biggest difference when we started off, it's like it's different than a goal, a, a function, probability, duration environment in use. It's it's different in that it, it incorporates the reputation part, the safety part. How does it fit in with the rest of the business? You know, where does it rank on priorities for? major investments and in focus for program after program after program, as opposed to an image indiv- of individual program saying, Hey, we've got our marching orders. This needs to be a low cost and it, it has to be this reliable. But part of it is that it frames the vision part, the strategic vision and understanding that even though it's not quantified most of the time, it's a position part or its reputation or branding uh, or but it's almost always focused on the customer is a part of this process because, yeah, we can be profitable, but we will lose our
1: customers if we don't take care of the basics, kinds of things. Absolutely. I mean, I so many things come to mind as to how you create that um, customer link and customers that are loyal, which is a, a big part of it. Mm-hmm. And so when you go, when you go to um, develop the reliability strategic vision with management, with employees. Uh, We're not looking for, again, we're not looking for the placard. We're looking for a deep understanding of where you want to be and including the different things that we've talked about. And then then we can get on to the other steps of this uh, reliability process. So it was just enjoyable to to think about, and I hadn't done it for a while, as to what are the core principles of that, uh, that first step.
0: Yeah. Now we got to rewrite the chapter, you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think it's in there. <laughs> I think it's in there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. If we keep talking about it, we should, you know, transcribe it and add. The, but anyway, it's part, I think my big takeaway is that at first when you said, oh, we got to get a vision, I was thinking, oh, I don't like that word. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it is the right thing. So. The I think it fleshes out well. I think the concept is good. Yeah, it's gotten a bad rap.
1: It, we've and that's it. what I, we're, I've really enjoyed working with you, Fred, on this book, because what we really did is we put the concepts into words. We didn't start just with the words and then try to fit the concept to it. We actually dove into what the concept is. Yeah. Yep. Well, anyway... Um,
0: if you got a question on this, it's not a typical thing you see in a reliability-related book. Uh, is go figure out where you're going, is a vision as a company, as an organization, or or, or as an industry. Even um, take a look at it. Let us know what you think, and if you got questions on it, and let us know. As always, we you know last week I was talking about one of the questions received about sample size, and now we're on the other end of the spectrum of the what's we what's the ch- what's the overall arching concept there that we're trying to achieve as an organization. So we can span a lot of ground with what we talk about on the show. So let us know, head over to Ascendoreliability.com slash go slash S O R. And there's a couple of ways you can get, leave a message for us there. Carl and I and the other hosts are available through LinkedIn and uh, via our about pages on Ascendo. So plenty of ways for you to get in touch and we really do. We have a vision that you will get in touch with us. That, that's our vision. Yeah. <laughs>
1: very good. And we really look forward to hearing from you. That's that's a big part of what we do and enjoy it. Yep, yeah, very much so. Uh,
0: I guess engagement would be our big vision is to have a engagement with our audience and in our Absolutely. community. Yeah. So anyway, thanks, Carl. Thanks for bringing it up. And uh, we'll be back to talk about some other concepts in the book here in, in our next episode.
1: All right. Great. Thanks, Fred. See you later.
0: Thanks for listening to Speaking of Reliability. We invite you to join the conversation. If you have a question or a topic that you think we should discuss in a future show, please let us know. You can find a comment box below the episode show notes, or just leave a note as part of a review on iTunes.